The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. When Jesus returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there were no longer room for them, not even in front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a man who was paralyzed, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him. And after having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man who was paralyzed, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak in this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves, and he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And the man stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, We have never seen anything like this. The Gospel of the Lord. In today's first reading from 1 Samuel chapter 8, we find one of the great sins of humanity that's repeated again and again. Context here is important. We have the elders of Israel. They come to Samuel, the great prophet of the Old Testament. Now remember that Israel was a chosen people. They were God's elect. God chose them as his son and gave them the law on Mount Sinai, the commandments, the regulations, how God wanted them to be set apart, conformed to him in his image and likeness for mission so that they could go out to the surrounding nations and proclaim the one God who loved everyone so that these surrounding nations would turn from their idolatry and come to know the one God who created all the universe. But notice what's happening here. Israel does not want to be set apart and conformed to God, but rather they want Samuel to, to appoint a king over them like the other nations, so that that king would make decisions for them and lead them in battle. Samuel knows that that would be disastrous, and he brings it to the Lord. But the Lord knows that Israel's heart is hardened. Samuel warns the people of the dire consequences of having a king rather than God himself as their leader, but the people insist. Samuel is going to appoint King Saul, and Saul will turn out to be a disastrous king because the king, in this case King Saul, but other kings as well, will bring the nation of Israel more into conformity with the surrounding nations and to paganism. 
with disastrous consequences. They will be taken into captivity. They will lose their temple and they will be humiliated among the nations. This is a sin that is repeated again and again. Now, this great sin we are challenged with today because although there's nothing wrong with a secular government, but that secular government itself has to conform to the natural law. And the natural law is from the mind of God. And when they don't, disaster strikes. And what we're called to do is to recognize that, yes, a secular government has its place, but God is first. Christ is our king. And Christ's laws are given through the church. Christ set up the Catholic Church that way and gave Peter the authority and the keys. Said to the apostles, whoever listens to you listens to me. Now the church also needs to be conformed. That's always an ongoing project. What we're called to do, and what you're doing here this afternoon, is to come before the Lord and to say, you are my king. And if there's sin in my life, I desire to be forgiven. In the gospel, there is this man who's paralyzed. Notice the reaction of the different people. We've got the scribes who are sitting very comfortably, are willing to allow this man to be continued to be paralyzed because they do not recognize Jesus as the King of Kings, as the Messiah. But this man has friends and they think of a way to get this man to Jesus in a very ingenious way because there's crowds around the house where Jesus is. They can't get in the front door. They bring him up to the roof, dig the roof up, bring the man right into the presence of Jesus. And Jesus recognizes their faith and heals the man. But notice how he begins the healing, not physically at first. The greatest healing for all of us is from sin. And that's where Jesus begins. He forgives the man of his sins. Then he heals him of his paralysis. And we see that's the way God wants us to come to him with our spiritual paralysis and say, Lord, I want to be conformed to you and to your laws. You are my king. So that I can then go to my community and really bring the good news because we have the same mission that Israel of old has. We are baptized. We are God's sons and daughters. And we have this great mission to be conformed to Christ and his image and likeness, filled with the Holy Spirit, with joy, and then bring others to Jesus and be willing to carry it ourselves because there are times when we are paralyzed and we need people to help us get to Jesus, whether it's the saints in heaven who pray for us or the Blessed Mother or just friends that we ask prayers from. So it's good news today. We're reminded that amidst all of the confusion that's out in the culture and in the church, Christ still reigns. He is the one who's healing us. Yes, we believe that God has appointed secular governments to rule us, but always according to the natural law, which is the mind of God. With that, let us thank the Lord, be led first by Christ, and then bring the good news to our neighbor.